0: Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Carrot Cast. Just want to let you know real quick, this episode has some awesome value in it. Trevor's going to be answering some great questions around uh, marketing, how to run a business, how to grow your team, how to balance being an entrepreneur and family life. There's a lot of good stuff in here, but this is actually the second episode. Um, We did a, a live Ask Carrot Trevor Truck Talk Takeover We were on our way to Portland, and I kind of hijacked the conversation, and we did a lot of fun questions on the spot. So this episode is great, but if you want to hear that full uh, conversation, you need to go back to your podcast app and find the first episode, part one. Uh, Other than that, enjoy the conversation, and we'll see you later. Man, we could talk forever about this. Why did you choose to bring your business to downtown Roseburg? Because you're not from Roseburg. And so, for those of you that aren't in Roseburg, I mean, context, Roseburg, 25,000 people in the city limits, I don't know, maybe 30, 40, uh, surrounding areas included, but it's pretty rural, it's hot it's town. Why Roseburg? And both of us have lived in Portland before.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I wish I could say that it was always this, <coughs> this, uh, mission-based thing and always this, hey, I'm going to come in and. I'll be a part of the community that that, that wasn't it Um, at the start it became that but the long story is grew up in Klamath falls graduated college there my wife and i got married after college moved to portland for her master's degree that's where i gave myself that year to figure out entrepreneurship Uh, we ended up moving uh to portland in 2006 down down to roseburg at the end of 2008 and we didn't want to move to roseburg um i'm you know growing up we uh Uh, About All I knew of Roseburg was the baseball field, the IHOP, and the Super 8 Motel because we'd come over there and play Roseburg for sports or play summer ball there and win state championships. We did do that one time at Roseburg. Um, And I I, I honestly thought Roseburg was just like... We called it Dirty Bird, man. Like we, call, uh, we called Roseburg Dirty Burg and Klamath Falls. And, and I know people in Roseburg call Klamath Falls way worse. It's just this rivalry. Dude, kind I of said
0: I'd never moved to Roseburg. My wife was from here. I was like, I'm never moving to small town Roseburg. Yeah,
1: that, and we, we, did, we didn't want to either. So uh, my wife is in dermatology, and she, want, or she wanted to go into dermatology at the time. There were only two positions open in the whole state uh, of Oregon one in Bend, which is where we wanted to move, and one in Roseburg. And, we were this close to not even taking the interview in Roseburg, but we said, you know what? Do that interview as practice. That'll kind of like loosen you up and give you practice for the interview and bend. And so we, she did the interview and I came down with her and I tried to find like a coffee shop and, and all that I could find was the megabyte computer repair shop. Oh, and, man. It, and it had like, and it said internet cafe. Cause I Googled it. and That's all that came up. I didn't know my coffee existed or any of that stuff. It was before Starbucks. is before all that. Um, So we were there, and then we went to Bend, and she didn't jive with the Bend doctor, and she jived with the practice here, and we said, cool, we'll give it a couple years, get experience, then we're going to go move somewhere else. Yeah. And so... Eight years later. Yeah, yeah, I mean, a decade decade later, uh, 11 years later, so... We moved here at the end of 2008. We said, we're going to give it a couple years. Um, And here's a mistake I made that I think a lot of people can resonate with, is, is we didn't commit to anything... Um, as far as home goes, we bought a home, but we bought a house, but we didn't feel like we had a home. Uh, anytime we would go out of town or come back, we always felt this weird feeling driving into Roseburg and driving into Portland, driving into Clam. It's like nowhere felt like home. Nowhere felt, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I'm home now. Mm. And so we were trying to figure out why and we we're going, is it that we don't like Roseburg or like, what is it? Is it that we don't, we nowhere felt like it was home. And so we drew the line down the middle of the paper, pros and cons. We did pros and cons of the cities we thought we might, might want to live to. Corvallis, we were looking for houses in Corvallis. You know, Portland, Bend, like Oswego, Klama Falls again, and Roseburg. And pretty much most of the pros for the other cities. Uh, we'd like get us, we'd get closer to these friends. We'd get further away from these friends and get, you know, there wasn't one city that got us back closer to everything. Um, but pretty much most of the pros were like more places to spend our money it was more restaurants it was more more things more shopping more places to spend our money and we said are we guaranteed to be happier are we guaranteed to be happier?" that's the question we asked we didn't say how do we think we will be are we guaranteed to be happier if we move to corvallis or move to bend um than we are now and the answer was no we're like no because we've still got to build community and we've still got to get to know people um yeah shopping will be You can only go to so many restaurants and shop so many times. I mean, you can do community in a big city like that, but it's hard. Yeah, exactly. And and that's what we were saying. We said, well, we're here. We don't dislike the area. We love the wineries. We love the river stuff. There's a lot of cool things happening um, in the area. Let's give it two more years. So two more years. And in that two years, that was in 2010 when we said that. That's when, now this is where downtown comes in. I had no mission for downtown. I was looking for an office. We had our first baby in 2010. McKinley, our first daughter and my office and my house, in our house became her nursery and me and Aaron Larson were sitting at, our, at my dining room table he'd come, in, he'd come into the office in of my house <laughs> and we'd work at the dining room table in my house uh, when he was working for me and uh, at that point I'm like you know what if we're going to really give it a go and build community I, I need to be around to people I don't just want to rent an office with, just by myself and so that's when I looked in the phone book when phone books were still a thing and I googled things and BBG Marketing was the only company that looked like they were a legit marketing company that knew what they were doing at the time so I hit up Dick Baltus, got to know him and this is where it happened I said, Dick, this is when they they had an office down at Century 21 they had an office upstairs there and I just wanted to rent like this desk that they had there that was empty and I said, hey, can I rent this? and he said, you don't want to work here he goes, but what, what you might want to do is my old aunt, my old building that I used to own, I think it's been vacant. I bet you could go down there and talk to him and work a good deal. And if you do, I'll move back in with you. And he goes, I, I could probably get another person or two to move in with us too. So that's how it happened. There there was no purpose. There was no, oh my gosh, I'm going to go down and like change downtown. It was a, I needed an office. I wanted to be around people, um, not by myself. And Dick Balthus told me to go look at this building. I did. It was amazing. It was empty. It was big. I didn't know what I'd do with 8,000 square feet, but I had a vision for filling it with other people, entrepreneurs, oh, yeah. and we did it. Eventually, purpose started to creep in there because then when I'm going downtown all the time, I'm like, I really like it downtown. Why are people giving us such a bad rap? Um, and then Carrot started two, four years later after we moved downtown. Yeah, it Started four years later, and obviously it was just logical for us to keep it keep it there, so... Um, I, th- I think that's a good lesson. And I think I think a lot of people pressure themselves to have this mission and purpose that just immediately comes to them. And I know that I was. And oftentimes, mission and purpose takes time to, to brew. It's like um, I think mission and purpose isn't instant coffee. It's like it's like slowly percolating coffee. Right. Um, you gotta do something for a while. To yeah. Figure out. yeah. You gotta dip your toes in. See a pain. See opportunity. Talk to people. Um, and then eventually you go, Man, I really love this thing or I love this place or I love this idea or I love this whatever. Um, I wanna kinda spend more time in it and then I wanna I wanna share and that's what it becomes next is I wanna share it with other people. Oh cool. Other people kind of enjoy it too, but then there's these haters, I wanna change their mind. Um, and then it eventually became a mission, hey how do we how do we make our part towards changing downtown?
0: You know, it's people give so much credit, give so much weight to where you live physically, like I mean I've moved, like, 18 times. I've lived in big cities, you know, dinky towns. It's like, you can... I think community, to me, is the most important thing. I mean, you can make community everywhere and all those other things. You know, you just got more places to spend your money. Um, I mean, the weather
1: matters. The economy matters. But,
0: you know, I mean, you come in big... It's
1: big, man. And so, so what, what did I do there? Guys, I think right now, like, one of the biggest problems with America in general right now is, is people... Think community is a Facebook group. You know, people think community is tagging a bunch of friends to something on Facebook, or, or it's the people that you follow on Facebook. And I'm way guilty of of stuff in my face in the in my phone way too much right now. I need to stop that. That's kind of kind of part of some of my uh, habits that I've gotten. I need to kick. But uh, we'll stop it after asking Karen. Well, yeah, no. I mean, so <laughs> th- this is good. If it's no, 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 yeah. Right. So you you, you need to here's my philosophy, but I need to practice it better, is people are, are, are consumers way too much, and America is just a consumer, it, it's, it's a massive consumer uh, society, but that's the thing, is humans weren't built uh, in, innately to want to over-consume stuff, if you look at, you know, if you look at aboriginal tribes, wherever they are, they, they consume what they need, and... You don't, you don't really see a lot of overweight people in Aboriginal areas. You, you see people make what they need and what they're actually going to use within a short amount of time. And so it's this thing that we built up as we had these luxuries, as you started to change the monetary system over the years, as people were able to save up and have extra. And then there was the, this is what was in, what's innate in humans, is competition, is keeping up with the Joneses, is psychology of not wanting to fall behind. Therefore, people keep on consuming, consuming, consuming. And then financial instruments make it easy to consume more because you don't have to actually have cash to do it anymore. Uh, you just have a card and then you figure out how to pay the card later. You know, that's like what happens. Um, and man, uh, yeah, people just consume way too much. So that's my mentality is I want to switch to like 95% creation on social media, creating stuff and putting it out there to hopefully inspire people or guide you in the right direction. And like, Two percent or five percent consumption. If I find myself sitting there flipping through, that's where I need to trigger and go, "Why am I doing this?" And I catch myself doing that way too often. I need to be. I need to be focusing on my wife. I need to be focusing on my kids. I need to. I need to just pull back and have quiet. You know, so put Everybody needs to quit consuming as much, except for Ask Carrots once a week in any video or Instagram post. Yeah, I any carrot. Yeah, unfollow every. You heard Trevor
0: just say pretty much unfollow everybody except for Carrot on your Facebook.
1: And and subscribe to the Carrot Cast. Yeah,
0: subscribe to the Carrot Cast
1: before you unfollow. Okay, so, okay. so what was the question, man? I went off
0: on something else. No, that's the perfect segue. That's okay. You answered the question. Well, the answer, the question was why Roseburg, why choose to start a business in a rural town, so... You know, it was by default mission and oh, purpose yeah. evolved, and now you have your, your reason to stay there, which is to make a bigger impact in the community. Its potential for growth to do something awesome.
1: And we've got a cool announcement. It's it'll probably it'll be oh, yeah. in June sometime because it's not like official official yet. But we've got a cool announcement.
0: So that's the perfect segue. Kara asked, and she got a couple thumbs up on this. She said, "Since you have two hours, well, not two hours now, but that's okay. <laughs> How do you balance your?" Family Family life, and I I can't wait to answer this. But you go first. Uh, How do you balance your family life and entrepreneurial endeavors?
1: You don't. (laughs) I mean, yeah, no. I I think think that's the answer. You know, it's it's tough because we were talking at lunch that um, guys, it's it's so easy to, to look at people that are that are online a lot, like that are that are an authority. Right? I taught I taught a whole webinar yesterday on how to create authority. And part of it is you have to put a lot of content out. You have to do things like that, and it's really easy when, when you see someone from the perspective of the outside of the things that society glorifies—income, success, you know, positivity. I think society does does reward positivity, it glorifies negativity, but it rewards positivity. Um, and what happens is we think that that's how their life is everywhere. So I, I will tell you that uh, I'm working on it. Like I, I don't I don't have a nail that's for sure I think sometimes I feel like I do and sometimes I feel like I don't and my wife will probably give you a different answer honestly Um,
0: we like to think we know how busy people are or we know what they do by their social media profiles or
1: whatever we don't know what everybody's day to day looks like yeah and and I think there there are probably a lot of assumptions on, on what people think my work day looks like and um Brady literally shares an office with me. It's probably a lot less exciting than he guys would think. <laughs> honestly,
0: there's no, there's, there is a putting green in there, like you would see in a movie. Like, oh, there's a little putter in the CEO's office. There's no, there's yeah. no golfing going on. There's no putt
1: putt. Well, I mean, and, and that's uh, part of that's part of something I want to work on, right? How do we how do we snap out and add more of that core value, which is fun? Like, I think we have a lot of fun. We need to work on our putt putt game. Yeah, putt putt game. Get the ping pong thing <laughs> out. Um, do bring back beer thursdays or something yeah. like that even if it's at five o'clock on thursday for 30 minutes like cool that there's something there so. but to answer your question kara is is this um there's a few things that i've found that work better when i do them and when my wife and i do them and when we don't uh, we definitely hit some spots that, that uh, there's some friction um i know one thing is when i actually coordinate my schedule with her like weeks in advance or at least a week of there's a lot less friction with the balance um usually where I kind of run into problems and she'll attest to this and she'll like if she's watching this she'll be nodding her head is is we might have talked about something weeks ago or months ago or even last week um and in my mind as soon as it's talked about it's checked off cool the deed is done but then if it doesn't get on a calendar and then if we don't talk about it that Sunday it's really easy for both of us to forget about the thing and then the thing pops up that morning I go, hey babe, I'm driving to Portland tonight like literally this is what happened hey, um, this reminder will be home really late tonight and she goes, oh, that's tonight yeah, so we talked about it weeks ago but it was on me for not making sure I was very intentional ahead of time saying, hey babe, here's what my schedule looks like this week how can I serve you and that's something I need to work on so this isn't me teaching you how to do it right this is me falling on my sword and saying I'm not doing it right a lot of the times I know what I need to do but sometimes I don't do it, and that's something I need to work on for the sake of, for the sake of balance, and uh, ensure that my family and wife always know that they're first. And, and balance is a
0: verb. I mean, balance. I think it's really dangerous to think that you can achieve balance. Yeah, it's not an endpoint. No, it's not. It's a balance is a maintenance thing. You yeah. have to constantly fight for balance.
1: I mean, yeah, it takes a lot of time and energy. And if your business is
0: important enough,
1: yeah. Yeah, there, there are a few things so here, here's a few other things that do help with do, that do help with balance um, and same thing I do some of these really well sometimes they kind of fall off the wagon and you feel the effects of it then you got to redo it but uh, the first one is planning ahead with your spouse making sure that you're on the same page and when when I am conscious of making sure to plan things that are important to her first then it's a lot easier for me than have an ask to say hey well I've got this thing. Uh, will that work? So uh, that's where I need to do that a lot better. That's something we were, I'd like to work on the next week or two uh, with, with my wife on that. Um, next is, is, is with work. You have to make sure that uh, work isn't like a chore. I think so many people go to work and it's a chore for them. Um, I was flying out to Toronto uh, a couple weeks ago and where was I, man? I think I was at the airport and it was a, uh, a TSA person or what I think it was a TSA person um, possibly. And uh, it was early in the morning, like six in the morning on a on a, on a Monday or something like that. And uh, he said, Hey, you going for pleasure or something like that? So no, I'm, I'm going to work, going for work. He's he all oh, sorry about that. And, and I told him, I said, no man, like it's a good thing. I love my work. And he was kind of like flabbergasted by it. So that's something guys that, that, to have balance with your work you've got to love it like it, it, it's something that for better or for worse you're probably going to be thinking about it a lot right you should be thinking about your work a lot um, it shouldn't overtake your thinking when you're supposed to be being present with your family but you should be thinking about your work a lot because and that goes against a lot of people's mindsets because if you're excited about your work and you enjoy doing it you should be doing things that you enjoy and so many people just don't like their work it's a chore it's something that they, they, they go i got to go to work it should be I get to go to work. not I've got to go to work. Um, your kids should look at you and and be interested in your work. Not look at work as this as this negative thing that they've got to do when they grow up. I think your kids should be excited that they get to work when they grow up. You just have to guide them in a way that, that they know they can do something that they're really really love and they're passionate about. And every single person on the, on this on this thing, every single person here, um, I've been through times when I don't like my work. Um, in, the, in the past, I've had businesses I grew to resent and I didn't want to go to work. Uh, even at Carrot, when you're kind of in like a mental mind funk or I get some, I get some crust built up and I need to make some decisions that I put off, um, sometimes you're like, oh, I just don't want to do it, you know, but you snap out of it and you're like, okay, yeah, this is why I'm doing this. I really, really do love this. I just, I just needed to optimize that part of my decision making or my schedule or my, my to-do list or my delegation better next time. But I'd really encourage everybody if you're if you're showing up, if you if you say I've got to go to work, right, or if you say that consistently anyway, or if your kids feel that work because the way that you're portraying it is a bad thing, it's a negative thing. Oh, I don't want to go to work. If your kids are asking you interestedly about the work, um, McKinley this morning, man. I, my three kids were in the office while while Carly was working out, um, and. And mckinley uh, some an announcement that we can't announce right now so she started to talk about it goes well i want to start a a business that does this in that spot and um she wants to like start a spot she's eight years old she goes she goes can i run the (laughs) spot and don't get any ideas guys i'm not starting a spot but she goes can i run the spot can i design it and i go yeah you could for sure and i said but if you're going to own it she said i want to own it I said, if you're going to own it, like that means owning it. That doesn't mean I'm owning it. It means you're owning it, which means you've got to to be responsible for everything. She goes, even the people? I go, yeah, especially the people. (laughs) And the cool thing about it is she was smiling the whole time. Like she was excited to dream up this idea of potentially working and doing something, creating a business. I could see her being an entrepreneur. I could see Colt owning a farm. I could see Sidney... We'll see what she does. I don't know. She can do something cool. But, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, and
0: Kara, I think the biggest thing that helps me with balance, kind of bouncing off of that is um, clear communication when it comes to the why and what you're working on. So, uh, like for me, for example, I think the times when I've had the most struggle, we've had the most struggle in our marriage when I'm trying to balance and I've got too much on my plate is when I'm not telling her what's going on there's no open communication about what you're doing. The other person knows you're busy, but what are you What are you busy on? Um, so let's say, I mean, you're working 80 hours a week. If your spouse doesn't know why you're gone for 80 hours a week, they're going to struggle with that. It's amazing um, how much you can change the perspective and, and how much it'll mean to them to just explain to them, taking a couple minutes to explain, this is what I'm working on, this is why it's important, and this is how long it's going to take me. Because... When you're busy, when you're gone, when your plate's too full and you don't have any balance, you know, there's no end in sight for the other person. There's no end in sight for your family. It's like, oh, okay, dad's always gone, husband's always gone. Like, what's he going to come back? So they need to know what your agenda is and what is your what is your end game and when you're going to be back. And Sometimes it's hard to communicate, but even if it's like, hey, I'm going to check in in a couple hours or on a, on a bigger project, like, hey, I think this is going to take me two weeks. If my schedule hasn't slimmed down after two weeks... Or six months whatever it is then we need to have another talk about this instead of this this uh, this indefinite I'm just always busy and that's just the way it is I mean Brian. like if you're so if you're asking that question a year five years from now how do you balance and maintain all that I mean you'll always have to fight for balance but if you're really struggling with it for that long I think something's got to change
1: yes right. it's like like Brady said the communication part of which I need to get way better at um, it's it's the balance, like like you said, using that word, visualize that, like if you had a board and a tennis ball below the board and you're trying to balance it, the board's going to go all the way both directions, hit the bottom, but you're you're trying to go towards center as much as possible, um, which means you've got to dive fully into work and, and, and do it and really go all in on it, and then you dive fully into family, and you have to figure out the cadence that's the right cadence for you. Um, and also one thing I think a lot of entrepreneurs don't do well, which in just the past three or four years I've done better, is you got to get help. Um, uh, so many entrepreneurs that have the worst work-life balance that I know think that they're, that they're saving expense and they're trying to save expense by not hiring people. And um, I think everybody... Jen's on here my, uh, my executive assistant Jen's on here
0: oh she said Jen's awesome by the way when we're talking about teams which team is your favorite Jen's probably the favorite team
1: yeah there we go <laughs> team Jen that's right <laughs> yeah so, so Jen's on here and um, I've, I've advocated this for years but I think as soon as you start earning any income you should have an assistant um, even if the assistant is literally for one hour a week to help you with just some busy stuff and you find the person that you can pay them what you can afford at that time Um, you find a person who can have flexible hours because you don't need to hire them full-time at the start. And I really advocate that people should be immediately looking, as soon as you start to make an income, you should be immediately looking to go, cool, how do I now buy back more time so I can... Uh And we're back. We're in the middle of I-5. That was a commercial break. We can see a cell phone tower and a Facebook just crafting this. So uh, where, where was I with that? And I'll finish it, but get help early. Um, that's one of the biggest mistakes I see a lot of people do is is they just really dive in and don't get help early with things that can make their life easier, um, which can create better balance. So take, I think people are take oh, ten take ten percent of that income or whatever it is at the start when you're when you're struggling to make an income, take whatever you can and put it towards a person to help you do some things. And do the math. I mean, so many people this is personal and professional too. So many people say, well, I
0: I just can't afford that. I can't afford the help. I can't afford like. And be willing to sacrifice a little bit, be willing to take the car, just do the math, see what your hourly wage is worth, it, and see
1: how you can make it work a couple of hours a week. So there was a year, Jen, you don't know this, but I was... Hmm. Uh, There's something Jen doesn't know? Yeah, I don't, <laughs> well, she might know this, I don't know. But uh, it, I think it was 2012. I think that's kind of the year that I cleared the slate, decided to figure things out, but... I was looking through these boxes at my house just a couple months ago and I was digging through them and showed all my old tax returns, like literally all the way back into college. And uh, I didn't realize it, but it was, I think it was 2012, it was one of those years that my, my, ne- my net taxable income was in the $20,000, like, it was like $27,000 in 2010. So um, I still had a full-time, or I don't know if you were full-time at that point, Jen, but you were... You were, yeah you were because yeah, it was tra- you were, yeah you were definitely there um, probably part-time maybe three-quarter time I still had an assistant guys I made 27 grand that year and I think that that's one of the one, one big one big thing that really helped me jumpstart. Uh, after that was I, I already had the head start of having someone there with me to offload some of the things that are weighing me down from day one of Kara uh, so if any of you guys are going man I make 50 grand out of money to pay an assistant guys I mean, $27,000 in 2012. <laughs>
0: and I... Uh, Sell your car, Jen get a cheaper car, me. cut out Netflix, go to Starbucks half as often. You can afford assistant. All that. Uh, Kara said, I'd love to hear... I don't know. I don't know, Kara. She said, I'd love to hear from Carly and you sometime, Trevor. Carrot couples featuring hand-selected couples to gain knowledge from. That would be fun. It would
1: be fun. Uh, I don't know... It takes some coaxing, man It It, it takes some coaxing to get her to hop on I don't know if my wife would do it I don't know if she would
0: Um, I would love to I think that's Jen said she was part-time until about mid-13 That's nuts Yeah, Yeah. so at least 20 hours a week For a couple years Alright Anything else, man? Sweet That's good, that's carrot That's good Man, we saw Lambo's and Maserati Was there? Yeah
1: be an orange one, dude. They're, they're probably hit to to Yeah, got the uh, orange, orange, so Dan Martell, my coach, a couple days ago, he posted the, a video today, uh, tagged a couple of us to it. He got a, an orange McLaren, and he's like, I'm not, no, he's McLaren. like, I'm not a car guy, and he, he was always the guy that was anti all that stuff. Yeah. And then, it was kind of cool because at the, at, um, you know, in Toronto, he was being really transparent with this, he goes, man, I've been really diving into this stuff, and, and looking at polarity and I'm not going to go off on this tangent, but I'll give it a little drop here. It's kind of cool. He said, what happens is oftentimes we, we get locked into an opinion so much that we think it's true and it might not be true. And it actually impacts our happiness. It impacts, we judge people. And he said that he was always kind of the guy who subconsciously would judge the person who had the Lambo or whatever, you know? And he's like, man, you know, he didn't say this, but this is what I sometimes think too is, is, man, I've got way more money than that person, and I drive a you know, 2014 pickup, and they're driving around a or whatever, you know, a $300,000 car, and I'm just thinking, man, that person's wasting money, that's so dumb, da 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 And Dan was in that mindset, too. And he said, you know what? He goes, I think I think what you have to really do to, to really chase full fulfillment and happiness is you've got to try out uh, the opposite side of some of these beliefs that, you, that are kind of making you judge people. And he said one big belief he had was around around people buying fancy stuff like that and, and he also had a, had a belief that people would judge him and think he's like was a douche or whatever yeah, yeah. and so he, he hit up his assistant and some other people and said hey I'm thinking about buying a, a McLaren what do you think and they were like really pumped about it he was huh. okay that's interesting uh, that's cool that's interesting and he said cool I'm just gonna buy a McLaren and he, he, was, he was originally he's <laughs> well, like I'm just gonna buy a McLaren yeah and, and he's uh he said, I'm not a car guy and all that stuff. And he was originally going to get, like, a, a gray clearance yeah. to kind of blend in. And he goes, no, screw it. He goes, if I'm going to go into this, I've got to, like, put full feet in. He goes, I'm going to get the brightest one I can find. I, he lives in a town of 100,000 people in Canada. You get orange? It's orange. I got that orange? It's orange, cool. man. And so it's, it's just a good lesson in it. And and uh, he's pumped about it. He, he splurged on something he never would have. He, he now has the stigma in his mind erased? that he doesn't care what anyone thinks about it because it's like it's their problem not his and he gets to enjoy this amazing machine Yeah. Um, and it's cool so it definitely challenged me if my wife's watching I've, I've talked for years about getting a fancy <laughs> car but um, maybe in a couple of years I'll get something we gotta get our our third garage over there cleared out <laughs> and then we also have to get like pave our driveway because I don't want to have whatever like yeah. a, a McLaren or a I wouldn't get something like that. I'd get like a You i would get a yeah i would get a s yeah, I'd get a sixty early sixties, late fifties Corvette, like a really good just cherry amazing one. Oh yeah. Uh, I'd get something like that. It'd be a lot less money in maintenance too. You know go up in value. Steven says
0: overpriced vehicles, my friend. It depends on what you value. That's the if thing. If you love McLaren's, it's not overpriced, it
1: might be a bargain. Depending on how much joy you get out of it. And and I think I think it's the perspective, right? It's the perspective of are, are you looking for it for the the ego bump, the ego bump, or are you a purist in the vehicle? And you just you like you know everything about those vehicles, and you just you 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 appreciate the the mechanics the. the the design, the whole thing of the vehicle. Yeah, I mean, at that level, you're buying art and you're buying performance. I mean, you're
0: buying handcrafted engine yeah. blocks. You're not buying a car. A lot of people are buying, are buying Ego and they're buying if They're buying, buying Ego if you're buying a car. Buying that is leather. overpriced. That's, a, yeah. that's, a of work. that's not even an investment. You can't even call it a bad
1: investment. Yeah. It's just a... Anyways.
0: Well, shoot, now i got to end on a positive we'll note. will
1: stick with my 2012 pickup for a while, though.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. All
1: right. Well, we're going to bounce. Thanks Great. for hopping on, everybody. Thanks guys. All right, we'll see you. Oh, we'll, we'll let you oh. guys know. So we're gonna be in Portland here in about an hour, uh, hour and a half. We will let you, so we might go live from Tucker's, a uh, uh, big project, in Portland Tucker you if you guys to hop on later. He's uh, one of our clients, flips a bunch of properties in Portland, kind of higher end stuff, and we're gonna stop by there, take some pictures, maybe do a Facebook Live, I don't know. But we will let you guys know tonight where we land on the Portland Business Journal of Fastest Growing Companies yeah. in Oregon awards, that's why we're heading up to Portland's for that awards banquet, um, I, it, it would always be cool if we could beat our one last year, we were, according to PBJ, Portland Business Journal, we were the 19th fastest growing company in Oregon, Inc. Magazine us the fifth fastest run, um, but I don't know, I, my gut is we're not going to be, uh, my guts were not going to be lower than 19, I think we're probably going to be like the 20, 30, 40 range, yeah, I like, guess We'll see Yep We'll see It'll be fun Alright
0: everybody Thanks for listening uh, If you don't Subscribe to the Kara Cast On Apple Podcasts Hit subscribe Make sure you subscribe Hit us up on Instagram Trevor Malk on Instagram Carrot on Instagram Let us know what you think Love your feedback On Ask Kara On the podcast What do you want to hear more of Kara said Couple session Maybe we'll do carrot couples in the future Who knows I don't know It might be a little bit But yeah, let us know. Love hearing from you guys. And uh, yeah, have an awesome day, everybody. We'll see you
1: later. See you guys.